So t today is um, October the 3rd, 2021, Lesson 5, Created for God's Purpose, as we continue our unit study on creation and the whole Bible. We have taken prayer requests, so I'm going to ask Brother Mickey if he'll go ahead and lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the day. We thank you, Lord, for the creation that you have given to us. Lord, that we can not only admire it, but you have given us the responsibility to take care of it. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come and study your word together and learn more of you and feel your presence and your anointing. Father, today we have needs within the family. Lord, and we just ask you to minister to Dennis today. Father, we pray that you would ease the pain and the suffering that he's going through. Lord, we know it is for a healing process. Lord, we just pray that you would touch his body today. Anoint him with your presence and give him peace and comfort in his day. Lord, we thank you for the, your anointed presence over us and through us and in us. Lift up Betty Porter unto you today, Father, and ask your hand to minister unto her, Lord, and strengthen her and, and give her rest and peace and, and wisdom and understanding of your precious love. We pray for Freda today, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would give her strength as she's in the hospital. Lord, we pray for her continued healing process, Lord, through her body. Lord, each and every vessel and vein and muscle, Lord, would be strengthened. The drainage would be complete, Lord, and that she would be able to return to her home. Lord, today we thank you for your love. We thank you for, for your presence. And Lord, we lift up uh, Opal's sister-in-law. Heavenly Father, today, Father, we just ask you to be with her, Lord, to comfort her, Lord, and help her to see you are there, Lord, to minister not only unto her, but through her, Lord, as, as she's going through this time. Father, we ask your healing process, Lord, and the comfort of your hands upon her. Thank you, Father, for the day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to hear and to see and to know that you are alive, that you are with us, walking with us day by day. Lord, and your presence is with us in his classroom today. We ask you to be with Brother Philip, Lord, as he breaks the bread of life unto us. Help us to see and to know and to feel your presence, Lord. Today in the service, we ask your anointed presence, the healing flow of the anointing touch of your healing hand. Lord, in all that is done would be to glorify and magnify your holy name. In that name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Mickey. Uh, our first scripture we're going to be looking at is Psalm 19. It's the whole chapter, really, so I was going to divide it between two readers, but uh, we're kind of <laughs> short on readers here. So we'll let uh, Larry take the whole thing, but we'll let him pause after the sixth verse so we can make some comments in our outline on that part. Um, so, Larry, if you'll be looking up Psalm 19, I'd appreciate it. And uh, we passed out a handout thing about believer or skeptic, and we'll talk about that after he reads part of Psalm 19 in a little bit. Our uh, key verse is Romans 1:20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
and our central truth is God has a good purpose for every aspect of creation. Uh, so the, when God created the universe and all that is in it, he did so with a purpose. Indeed, every part of God's creation has a purpose to glorify him and reveal his power. And as human beings, we are created to glorify him and to live in a loving relationship with him. So can you imagine David singing Psalm 19 as he was sitting on a hillside near Bethlehem caring for the flocks of sheep? So next time you're outdoors and away from artificial light on a starry night, take time to look up at God's handiwork. Think about how the stars are declaring his glory, as we'll be seeing there in Psalm 19. Scientists have, with the help of very sophisticated instruments, measured emanations from the stars. I said, uh-oh, dictionary time. So I got out my dictionary. And emanations means to flow out or issue forth or send forth. It has to do with the aurora, the odor, and light. So that's what you get, of course, from the stars. And um, they have converted these to sounds and consequently have observed that coming from the stars are non-random patterns of sound. Uh, which sounds like static to most, some scientists have conjectured that perhaps these are not just stellar noise from emanating light, but a form of communication via a language which we have yet to understand. As far-fetched as this sounds, the ancient psalmist said something similar as we're going to be looked there in Psalm 19, 1 through 4, where he said, in effect, that the stars in the heavens are declaring God's praise. They're speaking something unmistakable to the whole earth. God is the creator, and creation is his incredible artistry and handiwork. So we're going to let Larry read here Psalm 19, 1 through 6 first. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. So uh, he starts out by saying, you know, that the, the heavens declare there's a God, 
and the glory of God. Now this handout I gave you says believer or skeptic. Uh, we've had different ones go up into space and uh, when our astronauts went up, it increased their faith and for many of them, their faith has been strengthened as they viewed the universe around them. Edgar Mitchell said, my view of our planet was a glimpse of divinity. And John Glenn summarized it this way, to look out at this kind of creation out here and not believe in God is to me impossible. It just strengthens my faith. I wish there were words to describe what it's like. And I believe that uh, one of the astronauts, I don't know if it was John Glenn or someone else, when they did go up into space, they quoted from Genesis 1 over the air for everyone to hear, you know, in the beginning was God created the heavens and the earth. And then we have skeptics that have come up, gone up there in the, in the Russian cosmonauts. And Yuri Garin, the first man in space, I probably butchered his name, had this to say. I looked and looked, but I didn't see God. And Sherman Titov <laughs> said, some say God is living there. I was looking around very attentively, but I did not see anyone there. I did not de detect neither angel or God. I don't believe in God. I believe in man, his strength, his possibilities, his reason. What a sad, sad thing for people to believe in man more than in God. But that's what you have in the Soviet Union and, and communist countries because they deny God. We gotta really pray our nation will never become communist because with communism comes atheism and the denial of God. And so um, that gives you a, a sample of those that went up into space, those that were believers, and those that were skeptics. And uh, on the back, it's a game you can play, or your grandkids, you can have them play this uh, word find game to find all those words there. Uh, but the main thing we wanted to share was the different views of those that have gone up into space. And uh, if they would just listen to what the psalmist said, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. And, and it talks about the sun and how that it, it uh, rises and and sets and everyone on earth feels the heat thereof. There's nothing hid from the heat thereof, he said there in verse six. So both the sun and stars testify to God's glory. That's what they are declaring, the glory of God. And that word glory has to do with the presence the presence of God. They felt his presence, those that were believers that went up into space. As the sun spreads its light and diffuses its heat across the heavens and the earth, 
It can serve as a shining spotlight as creation declares the glory of God. We all sing that song, you know, How Great Thou Art, and it uh, talks about being uh, looking at nature and, and how that uh, we see the stars and hear the rolling thunder. His power throughout the universe is displayed. But also we find that the word reveals God's will. As, as Larry's going to read the rest of the chapter there, 7 through 14. Whoops, he closed his Bible. <laughs> okay. Psalm 19, verse 7 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. All right. Good reading. Thank you, Larry. That's a good prayer to pray every day. Say, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And beginning there in verse 7, it almost sounds like you're in Psalm 119. Because Psalm 119, of course, is the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. Because it's an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet. And if you'll notice in Psalm 119... It begins with Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and goes all the way to Zion or whatever is the last letter. I took Hebrew, so I should know that. But anyway, if you want to know the Hebrew alphabet, look at Psalm 119, because all those uh, eight verses in each of those uh, psalms or, or each of those uh, passages or paragraphs, however you want to say it, the, each verse began with that letter of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet. So it would be like every letter would begin with A if he was writing in English. But uh, so it's what they call an acrostic because it covers each letter of the Hebrew alphabet and that's why it's such a long chapter, because it gives eight verses to each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So that comes out 176 or whatever it is um, for the whole chapter. Uh, 
But anyway, you'll read that about statutes and covenants and testimonies all in, in uh, Psalm 119 because it all has to do with the Word of God. Each verse has something to say about the Word of God. No wonder it's the longest chapter and, and there's so much to say about God's Word and how His statutes are right, as, as He said there. And the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Judgments of the Lord are true and righteous. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. We used to sing a song in our hymn book, there's honey in the rock, my brother, and how true that is. There in Christ, who is the rock, as our evangelist pointed out wonderfully last night, in that rock there's honey because he is the Word, and there's honey in the Word. And uh, so it's, we should desire the Word of God more than we would gold, silver, precious stones, and also find how it is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Um, then in 13, he talks about presumptuous sins. The enemy would love to get us into presumptuous sins, and uh, we have to guard against that, but instead to pray as, as the psalmist did there in the next verse about let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. We won't get hung up in those presumptuous sins if we will allow the Lord to have his way like he prayed there in the 14th verse. So um, in a little commentary here it says beginning with that seventh verse the psalmist began to speak of the instructions of the Lord which contain his decrees commandments and laws the written revelation of God and his law is of incalculable worth because it shows us the sin in our lives and all that is alien to the glory or perfection of God and so that's why God gave the law, we know, to, to show the sinfulness of man because we wouldn't understand that we have sin in our lives if it wasn't for the Word of God that points that out. James says the Word is like a mirror. When we look into a mirror, we can see we got dirt on our face or something like that. And so he said when that is revealed, we need to do something about it and not just go our way as if it's not there. And uh, so the Word of God will be a mirror to point out to us our sin and our need of a Savior. And uh, the law is perfect and holy, and it does show 
two things. It shows the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. All right, so uh, the second part has to do that we are created to love God. And in uh, Micah 6, 1 through 8, uh, Brother Mickey, do you have that? Micah 6, 1 through 8. Micah 6, 1 through 8. Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me, for I brought thee out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed thee out of the house, house of the servants, and sent them, sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now that Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and Shittim, and give and unto Gilgal that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Wherewith shall I be for the Lord? And how myself and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before the him with burnt offerings and with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. Well, I think you can, uh, instead of where it says, my people Israel, I think he could put my people USA in there because we're in the same situation. Where has God left us? He has not left us. No. He has comforted us. He has given us everything yes. that we possibly need. Yes. Or, or, and we have, uh, several years ago when a lot of the Democrats changed to Republican, yes. they said the party didn't leave them or they didn't leave the party, the party left them. The same is true with our relationship with God. The reason we're in the shape we're in today because we took prayer out of schools, we took right. prayer out right. of our buildings, and the Ten Commandments are down, and people have, uh, that don't know and are raised in church don't know anything about the Ten Commandments except thou shalt not. Oh. That's about it. And uh, they, they minor on the thou shalt nots, and they don't get into the meat of the text that says God has promises for you and therefore everyone all you have to do is is uh, meet the requirements of the promises and so yeah amen amen, amen. good comment just taking god out of, our out of everything yeah we said god we don't want you in government so he said all right bye <laughs> and well, look what we're really get love, what do they say oh god help us yeah Yeah, we, we're really mixed up as a government, 
in the country, that's for sure. And uh, we need to remember that uh, our help is really in God. And if, if he doesn't help us, who's going to help us? <laughs> and, but God does love America. And uh, we have done a lot of good for the kingdom of God with our satellite ministry around the world, preaching the gospel around the world with satellite. And uh, we have uh, many churches definitely in America and the gospel has been preached as we pointed out last week. Billy Graham went throughout America preaching the gospel and had crowds that come and hear him. And so we can't say it's because of a lack of knowledge it's because of a rebellion against what we have heard. And uh, we want to do our own thing. We want to do it my way, <laughs> as the song goes. Um, but uh, we're to realize that God doesn't require all these sacrifices, but what he does require is for us to do those three things to do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And so God is into relationship, definitely. And he wants from humanity to enter a relationship whereby we desire to please him by obeying his righteous commands, rejecting unholiness of sin, and having hearts that seek after him. The rest at the foundation of our purpose as his, or this rest as the foundation of our purpose as his creation. He desires our obedience. Our, our evangelist again was talking about that uh, last night or the night before, I think it was last night, how that God desires obedience more than sacrifice. And that's what he told Saul, you know, when, when Saul said, I've obeyed the Lord, and Samuel said, you have? What's all these sheep going, bah, bah, you know? And he heard the sheep and the oxen. He said, oh, therefore sacrifice unto the Lord. He said, listen, to obey is better than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. What did you say? Nothing. Opal says nothing. Opal says nothing, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I once taught a, a Jewish child, and at Christmas time, her mother came up and explained Hanukkah. And we were talking about it, and she said, Hanukkah really isn't one of our main festivals. We've uh, increased Hanukkah to fit into the culture. So that's why they, because they exchange gifts to go with Christmas. So that was the thing. And she said, that's what cultures do. They mix into the culture. What's killed Christianity in America is we have gone with the culture of the world. And right now that culture is anger, it's drama, it's jealousy, it's not showing mercy. It, it's anti those three things that that scripture says. And if we want to be effective again, we've got to, just like what Mickey was saying, we've got to get into the meat of it. We've got to go back and show mercy, show love, show grace. Right. And then that way, we're bet, 
we're more of Christ and less of the world. And that's, we've done it to ourselves. You, you, can't, you can't talk to very many Christians without getting a whole lot of drama. I mean, you know, it, and that's not right. That's not of the Lord. And you damn depression, all of that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We've got to go back to that. Right. Good thoughts. Amen. Got to get back to the Word and back to following what the Word says. Amen. Back to God. Uh, keep God first. Keep God first. Amen, brother. Uh, so now we go to Mark's gospel, the 12th chapter, and, right, no, yeah, Mark 12, 28 to 31, I'll go ahead and read that one, got it here, um, 28, yeah, uh, one of the scribes came, and having heard them reason together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, well, which is the first commandment of all? <laughs> he didn't realize who, was, who he was asking that of, the one who wrote the Ten Commandments himself. Uh, so Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Amen. And I'll tell you what the second one is. He said, even the second is like, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Because on those two commandments, Hang all the law, <laughs> because if you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, you're not going to have any other gods before you. You're not going to uh, make graven images of idolatry. You're going to put him first. And so the first four are covered in the one commandment, love God with all our heart. And then the Next six are covered in loving others, loving our neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from him. You're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to covet his wife or possessions. You're not going to uh, kill him, that's for sure. Uh, so it's all about love. And uh, so Jesus just gave believers one main commandment and that is to love God and to love one another as he has loved us is what he changed it to show what kind of love he was talking about how did Jesus love us he gave his all for us and we need to be able to give our lives for the Lord and and for one another so when we consider God's handiwork in creation, the written word of God, and the love demonstrated by Christ through the cross, it seems so clear that we should respond with wholehearted love for and obedience to God. It is difficult to believe that anyone would turn away from such a powerful 
and loving God, yet every day people reject him and choose to go their own way. How sad that is, but how true it is. All right, then we come to uh, Romans 1, 18 through 25. Uh, Kay, you want to read that for us? Romans 1, 18 through 25. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness, godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Of course, that whole song, whole psalm, that whole chapter in Romans 1 really shows how mankind had degraded from where they needed to be and how that when they wanted to um, just do their own thing and, and, uh, and not consider God or think about God, they became very sinful and and uh, God had to even give them up, he goes on to say there. And, and it talks against homosexuality, of course. Men working with men, what is unseemly. Or women with women, what is not natural. And uh, even the animals usually are not guilty of homosexuality. That's something that man has done. And that has brought our nation down further from God also in acknowledging homosexuality and same-sex marriage and those things. And uh, I was yes, I was going home uh, Friday night, and uh, I was driving down the road, and I saw the rainbow that was in the sky. Oh, yes, and I thought how beautiful God's creation is. Yes. And that rainbow is just the most beautiful thing, and it's such yeah. a promise to right. us uh, from God that he will never destroy the earth again by water. And yet when you take that beautiful thing and you see what the world has done yeah. with this yeah. thing that God had given to us as a promise, and, God, and, and the world has taken it and applied it to something that is so anti-God and so anti-God's yeah. principles. Yes. It's, 
it's it's really heartbreaking. It, it's right. heartbreaking because they don't understand no, right. the 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 significance of that rainbow, and they want to take it and they want to bring it down into um, into what the world wants it to be. But you can't. But you know what? I was thinking also that that rainbow is so high. There's no way you can degrade it. There's no way you can take that down and bring it down into the world's uh, viewpoint because God has elevated it so high. We can always, 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 uh, it doesn't matter what the world says, what the world does, we can always look at that rainbow, look up in the sky, God put it there, the world can't take it down because God put it up there. They can do whatever they want to with it, but they cannot destroy what God has created. And we can always remember that it's God's promise to us. Amen. I always love to see a rainbow up in the sky, right? Amen. Well, it looks like we're out of time again. Um, But anyway, uh, that's the scriptures that we just read, created to acknowledge and worship God. That's what we were created for. But if we uh, go against that and listen to the devil, we're going to get into all this perversion and nonsense, you know, that, that uh, they can try to take the rainbow as their symbol, but God still says that rainbow is a promise that he will never again destroy the earth with water, but he is with a fire. sinner but not the sin amen lord we thank you for your word and we thank you lord for the plan and purpose that you have for your children and we know that your plan and purpose will be done in spite of what man does or the devil either we thank you lord that you are victorious and we shall be victorious and you have a new creation available for us soon where all things will pass away and all things will become new, which we'll be looking at in our next study. We thank you for being with this revival services today and just touch hearts and also draw souls unto you, Lord, because time is short and Jesus is coming soon and we need to be ready to meet him and anoint our evangelists and the singers and have your way in all our lives in jesus name amen Amen. i'm proud of my class i've just about seen everybody in the revival amen so that's good Uh